I know what hey. you're gonna do. Don't. I got. I don't got do the noise. I got a new phone. No, and don't it's do so the noise. Because it's my new notification noise for literally everything. Don't do it. Our listeners don't deserve it. (laughs) (laughs) Don't win. (laughs) Our listeners do not deserve to hear that. That was great. That was a sheep. That was a demon from literal hell. (laughs) If it was that adorable, I'd be into it. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. It's just (laughs) like, no, unacceptable. (laughs) All right. Well, now that we're past that. I guess, should we do a thing? Yeah, yeah, we should. All right. As long as you pro- just promise me you're not going to... Don't do it again. You know, I can't make that promise. <laughs> I can't let you do that, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Except I can play the noise, Dave. No! God I can damn do it, what Hal. I want to. I can play my sheep phone noise. Because <laughs> my friends don't like it, and if they don't like it, well then, why did I make you taco sticks? Wow. Just going to... Play those got taco real. sticks against me. Yeah. They were delicious. They were. They were very good. Yeah. It's not <laughs> worth the sheep noise. So I don't know what the fuck you're arguing about. <laughs> okay. Um, so-, so now that we've done that, now that we've shown mm. everybody how to beatbox and how to be the worst <laughs> friend ever, Emily. Wow. Uh, I guess we should get on with our whole thing. You come into my house. I do come into your house. And you insult me. And I record a podcast. On this the day of my podcast recording. <laughs> oh my God. Do you want to explain to us what our fucking theme is? <laughs> so. Oh shit. Son of a bitch. <laughs> no, I had it silenced. God, no, you did it. No, you I hate me. You did this on purpose. <laughs> no. That was silenced. I don't know how that re- notification got through. Sure. <sighs> our theme. <laughs> Is horror stories of traveling abroad. Woo! Oh my god. Because there's this series on Netflix called Bad Trips Abroad. Sounds legit, but... I've seen like six episodes of it, and one of my stories is actually from that, because it was like insane. Shit. Of just like people getting shot, and people having to deal with like medical things theft people breaking into hotel rooms all while in another arrested yeah all while in a completely different country which is so hard already yeah (laughs) so yeah we're actually going to do things a little differently this time we've got a number of shorter stories yeah and we're going to kind of go back and forth and read them for each other a lot of mine are firsthand, like their first person sort of writings so that'll be interesting Mm -hmm. a little bit like our reddit stories from last time And then I think we're going to give you some tips on things to do when traveling abroad that will not get you fucked up in the way these people were fucked up. Um, Is that the face of, I need to look that up? Is that your, I need to look that up still face? We didn't talk about that! What are you talking about? We literally talked about it! I only only personally have, like, one thing that I kind of looked at, so we'll see how this goes. I just have, like, real life experience of traveling abroad i mean that's also very legit we could do that and then i i'll do my okay it's fine one it's fine it's fine everything's fine who wants to start you have to start oh. i started last time remember son of a bitch remember when i talked about oh richard ramirez um yeah i do remember like it in fact 80 I cannot, hours i cannot forget about it so. yeah and then you gave me a whole bunch of wine speaking of a whole bunch of wine we have had quite a bit already so far Not a lot 
Yeah, there's like three glasses worth of wine in that cup. <laughs> Have fun. <laughs> a lot of what we're doing today is reading as opposed to our hodgepodge sort of from multiple sources putting things together. So it's not so bad Making if we're a, a murder bit... quilt. Yeah. Sort of. Making a murder quilt. <laughs> that should be, that's just like the description of the podcast. Making a murder quilt. Hey, you want to make a murder quilt? Hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so We can like Ed Gein it. Yeah, just, hey, hey guys, <laughs> don't be afraid to Ed Gein it. <laughs> Emily. <laughs> a quote by Emily. No. Please make. I don't want this to be my legacy. Please make all the iPhone backgrounds. <laughs> you can. Put them out into the world. <laughs> just Ed Gein it. Quote, Emily. <laughs> With like the Nike swoosh. <laughs> but the it's Nike made of people. made out of flesh. Yeah. <laughs> We've been revisiting our love of Hannibal recently, and uh, um, so yeah. just everything is people. We're a little bit into everything being people right now, so but like not literally. Well, um, oh, I, I didn't want to like tell you this. Oh but... shit, she brought the wine. Yeah, the wine is hella people. Are you kidding me? Like, I mean, there was that one time that Hannibal made beer people. So like, I think wine people or people is... beer people beer is that, people. Is that how you? Beer, because beer people is like <laughs> beer people, is people what we walking are. around made of beer. I think but it's just when you fill people a beer so full of beer, there are more beers. So than like a, a Tuesday night downtown. Yeah. Okay. A- accurate. My last night downtown, actually. Oh shit! All right. All right. So um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> do a thing. It's a little lighter than our last episode. So if yeah. you felt like our last episode was a little heavy, I fucking did. I edited it, and I wanted to die. So. It was heavy. It was heavy. Yeah. So now we're going to go lighter. But with... like she edited it on her birthday. So. Oh my God. Like I like, completely forgot. Props I spent to Taylor my for that. birthday. I heard about Richard Ramirez for like six hours on my birthday. <laughs> it's a gift that keeps on giving. Fuck you, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to start with a story from Thought Catalog. And it's, um, it's stories of people who were kidnapped or almost kidnapped abroad. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. So this one is from username Future Pie Pants. <laughs> Ooh, a fruit pie or like I think a cream pie? Cream pie. I'm about it. Oh, whoa. <laughs> no, that just got really gross. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> oh, shit. I said the words cream pie and then I regretted it. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I regret everything. I regret everything I've ever said. I'm right. the pancake, but I regret it. Future Pie Pants. <laughs> Future Papants <laughs> says, I was kidnapped in Thailand. Can you stop laughing for a minute while I tell this story? <laughs> Future Papants was kidnapped in Thailand. It's very okay. important. Yes, very important. I was 10 <clears throat> years old. I'm American and I was living in Japan at the time and was in, I want to say it's Phuket? Yep, Phuket. Phuket on vacation. Fuck yeah. Um, equivalent to someone from Philly traveling to Florida for a vacation. Sure, but still, you're an American 10-year-old. Abroad. Yep. Usually, we spent most of the time in the hotel, but this year my parents decided we were old enough to venture into the town. Nope. Nope. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. We were shopping in a local market when all of a sudden somebody grabbed me, and I was in a van, and then I was in a house. Yeah, happened that quick. I can imagine just kind of letting that other shit out of your mind. Um, I stayed there for maybe a day and a half, not even 48 hours. I don't really remember a whole lot in detail as I was young. I was in the living room of sorts with a middle-aged Thai dude, and we played N64 most of the time. Hmm. As kidnappings go, 
pretty chill. Yeah. Probably got real good at that Mario Kart. Yeah, especially uh, on N64, it's hard. Yeah, it is actually pretty hard. It's mostly because the controls yeah. suck. Yep. They are the worst. Um, that Rainbow Road. Um, he <laughs> took phone calls occasionally. Then one day, they put me back in the van and brought me back to our hotel. And we left our vacation earlier than we meant to. Turns out, my dad had kidnapping insurance. So that's a thing, you guys. That's a thing. That's a thing? Yeah. His company highly encouraged it, considering their employees' propensity to travel to third world countries for vacation with their families. They paid off a very small sum for my return. So, like, these people probably just were like, we'll take a kid. He's clearly not from around here. We'll ask for a few hundred bucks or whatever the equivalent is, and we'll give him back. We just want money. Um, and the insurance paid for that. So the people who took me were eventually discovered and prosecuted. There was apparently a racket for abducting small white children in the, in the 90s with no intention of harming them, simply for the ransom money. So yeah, they just, it's the most benign kidnapping I've ever heard of. Huh. But like, the kidnapping insurance really got me. I was like, what? I, That's a thing? I literally just Googled it, and apparently it's like included in a lot of travel insurance. Oh my gosh. But kidnap and ransom insurance covers the perils of kidnap, extortion, wrongful detention, and hijacking. Hijacking. This specific policy includes indemnity policies and reimburse the loss incurred by the insured. Wow. Okay. But this policy does not pay ransoms on behalf of the insured, but a lot do. Sure. Okay. And so... each year, uh, kidnappers rake in an estimated $1.5 billion in ransom payments. <gasps> in Mexico alone, now the number one country for kidnappings, ransom Earnings added up to a whopping fifty million a year. Holy shit! So apparently, it's no surprise that kidnap and ransom, or K and R insurance, mm -hmm. Great. got a cute little, cute little acronym there. Yeah. K and R insurance is skyrocketing in popularity. Wow! All right. Well, that's our first. So, like, like that's a thing, guys. Get it. If you're going to Mexico or any, if other you are country, traveling into a third world country, yeah. get it. Get it. Yeah. Check that it's a part of your travel insurance or get it special because... And get travel insurance. Yes, absolutely. Because I'm not covering any of the stories on this, but, like, if you have medical costs in yeah. another country and your insurance doesn't cover mm -hmm. other country expenses... You're effed. So I guess that's tip number one. Yeah, Get insurance. Get travel insurance. Get kidnapping insurance. <laughs> Emily, your turn. So, mine is a cautionary tale... Of why it is always important to take a marked and registered cab. Oh. Oh, no. Because shit can go wrong. And sometimes when it goes wrong, it goes real wrong. So. Oh, my God. This is in Honduras. Mm -hmm. And this is the story of Victoria Bacloa. So she lived and traveled in and around Honduras. She did a lot of diving and they've got beautiful reefs down there, and it's just a great spot to dive. Mm -hmm. So she loved it. She was a violinist, or is. She's not dead. She survived. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Good. Huh. I mean, that's what the podcast is, so I, I'm super glad she lived. Yeah. So <laughs> she, she was a very good violinist and had been back in Honduras and did some shopping. And I don't know if this is... Typical of people who do a lot of shopping in other countries. She left all of her purchases at the first store she stopped at. So she just kept going back to that store and leaving all of her purchases. Huh. 
Okay. And at the end, there was a cab waiting outside of the store. Hmm. So the cab driver was like, yeah, I can take you back to your hotel. Now, this was her first warning sign. Mm-hmm. The people in the store didn't help her load her bags into the cab. Like, I guess she was accustomed to that. Right. Because I guess she's done this before, but they did not help her at okay. all. Ooh, yeah. Not a good sign. They didn't want to go near the cab. Yeah. Or was... Yeah. Just they didn't leave the store to help her. So she got into the cab with her violin. She bought a violin bow, mm-hmm. which if anybody plays violin, you know, those are very delicate. Mm hmm. So she had it with her because she didn't want it to get damaged. Yeah, yeah. You can break them just by playing violin. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. So I guess the thing that happens in Honduras, and I don't know if this happens in other countries, it's typical in Honduras for a cab driver to pick up multiple fares along the way, and then you all just kind of chip in for the cab ride. Mm-hmm. Or you can do a request for a direct like a direct ride. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's so she she told the cab driver no pickups. He pulled over to pick up somebody else. No. And the person that got in the car didn't talk to the cab driver, and the cab driver was ignoring the Victoria in the back seat. They're in cahoots. And they just kept on driving. Oh. And this is when shit starts to get a little cray. So, cab driver isn't talking to the other guy. And she's trying to get his attention because now they're taking a detour and going the wrong direction. I don't like it. So, at this point, she said she knew she was going to be robbed. That was just, she knew it was coming. She'd just come to terms with the idea. That that's all And that's it. Like, just, she knew she was going to be robbed. Well, if only. Mm. The guy that had gotten in the cab he was sitting in the passenger seat up front mm-hmm. he jumps into the back after he pulls a knife uh, wow this escalates so quickly yeah oh my god and the cab driver pulled over while this happened mm-hmm. so every time she tried to unlock the back door because it was an electronic lock the cab driver would lock it again so she'd unlock it he'd lock it immediately and every time she unlocked the door the guy kept stabbing her uh. so in her words, she she described it as click, click, stab, stab. Okay, so unlock, lock, two stabs. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I don't know if there's a way to, like, stop it from locking itself again. Right. If there's something you can do, like a little trick. Any sort of It might depend on the model or yeah, whatever. Yeah. But uh, so she's getting stabbed, and it took her five tries to break out of the rhythm she'd established with a cab driver of locking and unlocking the door before she was able to get out of the car. So does that mean she was stabbed 10 times? Like, was it two stabs each time? I don't know if it was two stabs each time, but but like it was at least five. She got stabbed a whole bunch. Oh my God. So she gets out of the car. She's still got her violin bow. The guy who was stabbing her runs after her. The cab driver doesn't leave the area he just stays pulled over and just hangs out and waits i'm sure they basically just waiting for yeah yeah waiting for her to either get put back in the car or die oh Oh my god because all of her shopping is still in the trunk too right they could just take that if she dies so he apparently the guy that was stabbing her was trying to stab her through the heart as she was running 
So she's got, like, massive defensive wounds in her arms from deflecting the blade. And she tried to stabilize herself on her violin bow, and it broke. And she got mad. (laughs) It's like, it's one of those things, it's like rational thought. It sometimes leaves you. And it's the little things in a situation that make you mad. It's like, that's the straw that broke the camel's back. Like, everything else that's happening, and now I broke my fucking violin bow. (laughs) The one thing I still had. Right. Is now broken. But she took the broken end of the violin bow and used it kind of like a sword (laughs) to stab at the guy that was trying to stab her. Oh, God. Because those those fuckers are sharp. Yeah. That could be. uh Uh-uh. So he gave up and walked off. Wow. And she said she could kind of see like the realization moment in his eyes of when he was like, this isn't worth it. Right. Oh, my gosh. Because I think she got a few jabs in on him. Sure. So he's getting stabbed so, a little yeah. bit, too. He walks off. The cab driver gets back into his car and slowly starts rolling next to the dude as he's walking off. But he doesn't get back into the cab. Ugh. There are people, she estimated about 500 meters away, that had seen the whole thing as she was screaming for help and nobody helped her. Oh, my God. Well, someone who was driving by happened to see her and was a good Samaritan and pulled over and helped her into his truck and took her to the hospital. Okay. And she said like she felt so bad because it was a brand new pickup truck. And she's bleeding. And she covered it in blood. Oh. She was bleeding out so much. Wow. She had a 12-inch gash on her stomach. She had puncture wounds in her lungs and her liver had been cut. She required massive surgery. Oh. She also had a hematoma in her back. A really big hematoma. Just basically just like a blood lump in your back. Oh my gosh. So you'd you'd think that's the end of the story. Like, that's it. Yeah, I I wanted that to be the case. Yeah. (laughs) So she's still in the hospital, Mm -hmm. having just had this major surgery. And this is a little gross, so sorry about it. But hospitals can be a little gross. She got put in a hospital room with someone who'd been in a bad car accident. Mm Mm-hmm. Another person who had a diabetic wound that wasn't healing. And also a woman who had done some home injections in her butt (laughs) and had a flesh-eating disease. Oh, my God. (laughs) So Victoria was like, fuck this. I just had massive surgery, and I don't want to get a flesh-eating disease. Yeah, oh, my God. Because that shit is so contagious. So she got up (laughs) after having surgery with the IV tube still in her in her arm and fucking walked out of the hospital. <laughs> she got a friend to pick her up, went to a pharmacy, bought a bunch of painkillers, including some in liquid form that she had to inject herself with Ooh. and just healed at home. What a badass, though. Yeah. Like her her quote was, you don't give up when someone's trying to kill you. That's why I survived, because I fought back. I feel fearless, and I do still feel fearless. I can just imagine, like, sitting there in the hospital, and it's like, no, I survived being stabbed like, and this almost dude, kidnapped. Yeah. I am not going to die in this hospital. Fuck this that. flesh-eating virus isn't going to get me. Right. Yeah. It's not even my virus. Suck my dick, virus. Oh, my God. So, wow. yeah. Holy shit. Well, um, I'm proud of that lady. Yeah. Like, goddamn. I hope that we're all a little bit like her. I guess survival tip number two, fight back if you can. We've talked about that before. Like, if the circumstances allow, fight back. Or, like, use a trick up your sleeve. I just literally, like, right before we started recording, saw a thing on Facebook 
of a woman who faked a seizure to prevent a mugging. Oh my gosh. Did they just get scared and sort of Yeah, they ran off. Nice. She faked a seizure. That's rad. So she wouldn't be mugged. That's awesome. So, uh, my next story is about a man named Edward Bunker. Um, funny thing, it was actually pretty hard to find much information on this because I found one article, it didn't have a lot of info, and when you Google Edward Bunker, all they want to do is tell you about some dude named Ed who kept a nine-year-old in a bunker, which I definitely want to talk about on another episode. (laughs) Accidental finds. Yeah, right? This happens to us a lot. Yeah. The most of the time when we come up with ideas for future episodes, it's because we're trying to find shit on the current episode. (laughs) And then there's bears. Yeah, and then sometimes there's just shit about bears. So Edward Bunker works, all it says is that he works for an NGO, which is a non-government organization. And he is in uh, Burkina Faso. And he's actually in their capital. And I really, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. It's, it's like Ouagadougou. Sure. <laughs> but he's in a hotel. Um, he's there for work. He travels abroad a lot. He's been to Burkina Faso a few times. Not Not that big of a deal. Um, but at about 7.30 on a Friday, the fire alarm went off in the hotel. So he left the room and to see other guests all sort of milling about. No one's really all that concerned. There's no staff saying we all have to get out of here. Um, so he just went back into his room and got ready to leave for the airport. And he was like, it's fine. Sometimes people pull fire alarms. So eventually he went downstairs to settle his bill about an hour later. And he says here, it was like a scene out of a movie with smoke, gunfire noise, explosions, but all outside of the walls. It was all outside, but the the lobby was completely empty and dark. So nobody's down there. Oh, shit. I saw somebody carrying a gun just outside the hotel and a burning car across the street, and that was my oh, shit moment. Like, (laughs) my favorite thing in the world is that. The fire alarm goes off. So all this probably started an hour ago. And he's yeah. like, nah, it's cool. <laughs> Did he not pack. hear like explosions and shit outside? He, he didn't seem to have heard them until he got down into the lobby, which maybe he was up on a higher floor. Or he's a man. Or he's just like a dude. <laughs> he's got a one track mind. I mean, no offense to guys that are listening to this, but like selective hearing is a thing. Sure, right. Like, just not really paying attention. Like, yeah. Oh, you know, that sounded a little bit like a gun. It's probably just a car backfiring. It's fine. Yeah. Everything's fine. But so, no, there's no denying it at this point. He has had his oh shit moment. Yes. So he hid near the pool for about five minutes. And then he just decided that he, like, could not spend the whole night there. And he went back to his room. Because there's, like, he doesn't know what else to do. He can't really leave He's still got his room. There's nobody there trying to kick him out, obviously. They've all evacuated or they're hiding somewhere else. So he goes back to his room. He sat in his bathroom of his hotel room with his computer. Um, and he, he figured out pretty quickly that there was still Wi-Fi. So well, that's good. Yeah. So here's my thing. Like, this was pretty smart. He decided he, first of all, he got in touch with family and friends to tell them what was happening. Yeah. And that he was currently okay, um, which is such a good idea just to be like, I need people who know where I am right now and yep. know what's happening. I'm checking in. Here's this. Right. I'm alive yes. as of right now. But the other really smart thing he does is that he gets in, he starts talking to the U.S. Embassy online. Oh, good. Yeah. So he he gets in touch with a security consultant with his organization through the U.S. Embassy. So there's a security consultant who 
is kind of there for this purpose to be like, you're in a bad situation traveling with our organization. Yeah. I'm going to give you some advice. Yeah. So his advice um, was mainly just stay where you are. Keep as many doors between you and whatever is happening as possible. So he's got that. He's got his hotel room door and he's got his bathroom doors as much as he can do. So, and also he just feels sick with like fear and not knowing what's going oh, on. Yeah. So he's just like, I'm just going to stay in here. seems like the best option. Um, he actually ends up spending like most of the night answering emails and like doing work. <laughs> he never stops working because he just wants to pretend like it's normal for a little while and it's hours and hours. Yeah. He's just waiting. Um, and because now the U S embassy knows there are people who are coming to the hotel knowing that there is at least one person in there who is a U.S. citizen and there's other people there who need to be rescued. Yeah. So, um, some French militants come in and, um, he's, he's listening to his consultant who's telling him that they're coming in. Um, he hears people sort of going room by room and he isn't sure if it's the terrorists or insurgents or whatever you want to call them, or if it's these militants who are supposed to rescue him. So he does have this like long, slow moment of they're coming to his door. He can hear them making their way down the hall. They're coming to his door and he doesn't know who it is, but he listens to his security consultant who just says, keep quiet. If somebody asks you to identify yourself, identify yourself because that's them. Like, no one who's a terrorist is going to be like, what's your name? Hey, hey, buddy. Hey, 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 hey dude. Doug, what's your name? We hey, need, what's up? We need to talk. <laughs> like, that's not going to happen. Um, so when they came in, he approached, uh, he says, I approached my door and I announced myself as I had been advised. They told me to open the door slowly and I saw three French troops with rifles pointing at me along with some U.S. soldiers. Ah. So. Good sign. He, yeah, he goes with them. He gets led past the lobby. Um. Uh, and unfortunately, like, they they weren't really out yet because there was another round of gunfire. Yeah, they still got to get exactly out of the city. He was being escorted, yeah, and all it really tells you is him being escorted back to the U.S. Embassy. This but, is like, like when they send in, like, SEALs or, like, Delta Force into a hostile environment to get it, somebody out. I mean, shit is still happening all yeah. around them. Or, so like, he, you contract out to... yeah. There is at one point another round of gunfire as they're trying to leave and walk through the lobby. Um, and they have to get down and stay there for five or ten minutes. And he's lying on the floor and there's incoming fire like yep. around him everywhere. And he's, but he's being protected by the soldiers. He, uh, he says, like, that's the closest I've ever been to experiencing combat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would say that's pretty fucking close. That, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so by the time, I mean, and it's been hours, so the sun is coming up when he's finally led to an armored personnel character, carrier and he gets out. But like, that's pretty fucked up. Yeah. Like, Holy I had shit. never, yeah, like just being stuck in a hotel, you're just a guy trying to do your job and you happen to be in a country that is having some issues. Mm. And yeah, but I think like the contacting the U.S. Embassy part to let them that's know. Smart. Yeah, where he is contacting your friends and family. I thought that was fucking brilliant. Figure out if there's Wi-Fi, <laughs> I guess, is my advice. Get the hotel Wi-Fi password. Yeah, get Even that Even if password. you don't think you're going to use it. Yeah, you get fucking it. might. Like, just get it. Just get it. Just, Even if they charge fine. you for it, just, like, get it. <laughs> it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it it could save end. your life. Yes. All right, so mine is an abduction in Uganda. No. So Lucy Dickinson 
was 18. Has a fantastic name. Yeah. And is 18. She was a British citizen who of course. left to go volunteer at an orphanage along the Uganda-Rwanda border. Border. There was, I tried to add an extra A. Uganda border. The Uganda-Rwanda border. <laughs> uh, so she was doing a gap year, and it, was, it, was, it, it started out great. She was learning the local language, meeting orphans, helping out, getting her good feel vibes. Oh, great. You know, settling in. Mm-hmm. But shit hit the fan. A group of tourists were murdered and mutilated by Rwandan Hutu rebels. Because I'm guessing, because she said it was years later, so I'm guessing this this was, like, right before the genocide in Rwanda. Uh, Oh, my gosh. Because she said it was years ago. But Hutu rebels murdered and mutilated a group of tourists in the Bwindi National Park, which wasn't far from where she was living. And it turns out she had actually almost joined the group that went, but decided to stay because she had to work in the morning. So region was declared a war zone after the massacre of the tourists. Mm. So all Westerners were told that they could be a target and they should probably leave. Right. Well, not Lucy. (laughs) God damn it, Lucy. Lucy stayed for another three weeks until she was dragged out of her hotel room by a group of armed African men who forced her to watch as they stabbed a man to death in the neck. Oh. They then let her go after they killed the dude. <laughs> Just to be like... And she got back to the village. And a few days later, she returned to her hotel to get her things. And ten minutes after she left her room, the entire building blew up. Um. Her quote is, the man on reception told me that someone had been in my room and my post-trauma mind told me that the bomb had been put under my bed, but I'll never know. That's what she said. So she's nearly died three times. Lucy, you should have done left. (laughs) But no, 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 no. She still helps people in developing countries. She now runs the safe foundation Oh, my gosh. Which runs developmental programs around the world, including in Rwanda and Uganda. Oh, my God. So she went through all of that. and it's She just went like, through all of that and is like, eh, I'll go back. That's I'm good. Fine. I mean, that is either a person who knows no fear or is just incredibly selfless. Or maybe both. <laughs> it's probably both. Oh, my God. I am not that selfless. No. If I almost die three times, I'm never setting foot back in that country. Yeah. It's Thank like, you I, very much. Goodbye. I it's a shitty situation and they could use some help. Not from me. Yeah. <laughs> somebody else could do it. Right. What's somebody who hasn't died three times almost? Uh, all right. Um, I have a... This one just kind of like... It's like not not funny, but... <laughs> So I'm going to do it. It's about a monkey attack. Oh, God. Um, yeah, and I'm probably going to end up reading a lot of this because it's like sort of hard to just, to explain it without just using this woman's words. And so this is from actually um, NPR in 2016 did um, a sort of like we're listening thing where they were like, send us your travel horror stories, your travel nightmares. And a lot of them, I I read a few of them. They were pretty interesting. Not a lot of them were life and death situations, but just things where like somebody was 
in another country with their girlfriend and they got um, like hepatitis for a month. And while they were recovering, their visa expired. So now they need to leave the country as soon as possible. But they're like stuck like on a banana boat, just like trying to get to the right place, hoping that they're not arrested at the border for being there too long. Like, yeah, just, you know, everything that could, that could go wrong goes wrong. Oh, also in that story, the girlfriend was like, oh, fuck this. I'm out. And she left. Like, like two weeks before he was able to get out. She just aborted a plane because she could and got the fuck out. That's true love. Yeah, that's some shit right there. I would never look at that person again. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I would come back and give them hepatitis. Right. So this woman, I'm trying to... Oh, she is on safari in South Africa. And she's mostly there to see birds. She's like a bird watcher. Sure. Um, but avid bird fan. Yeah, at one of those avid birders. I think that's literally what they're called. Birders? To bird. I'm a birder. Oh, God. <laughs> um, so her name is Susan, and uh, this is her story. She says, I grabbed my binoculars and my camera, put on some flip-flops, and just started wandering around the lodge grounds, because she had sort of just gotten there um, and was going to do some birding. <laughs> Every bird I saw, of course, was going to be a lifer, so this was pretty exciting. I don't oh, know what God. that means, Susan. Does that Susan. mean that, is that a bird you'll remember for your life? Is Probably, that... or like something you'll never see again in right. your life. Right. So, I mean, I'm sure that's, Africa. Yeah, because Africa. I'm sure that's very exciting to certain people. Oh, my God, a sparrow. All right. So, um, and yeah, while she was doing this, she saw monkeys. They were just kind of hanging out. I pretty much ignored them. I had been told to kind of stay away from them. Oh, yeah. Not like there was a training on what to do if there are monkeys. Just sort of like, eh, don't get too close to the monkeys. The monkeys are kind of gray and white. They have these, like, little black faces framed by white fur around them. Oh, and they have very long tails. And it seems <laughs> like they have very, very long arms and legs. They're big. Yeah. <laughs> I did see a bunch of them sitting in a garbage bin and kind of jumping in and out. And it was cute. I have to admit, I wanted to take a picture of it. So oh, I did. Fuck. And I turned around because I was really more interested in the birds. But as I turned, I felt this slash. This pain in my leg down by my calf. And I was like, ouch. <laughs> I love this lady. <laughs> I, was I was like, like ouch. <laughs> sure, yeah. Yeah. And I looked down, and there was a pair of angry orange eyes looking back at me, and it was one of the monkeys. And she looked at me and hissed. I don't know why she knows it's a she, but I'm sure there's a reason. Like, Monkeys, like, genitalia is pretty out that's there. That's true. That's true. Like, they you, can, you can tell. They're like people, but aren't wearing any clothes. So that's yeah. very legit. <laughs> also, I mean, females are often very... More aggressive. Yes, then. much more aggressive of the species. Yeah. So, um, and I thought, well, what the heck? And I kind of looked at her, and I said, knock it off. And I walked away. <laughs> What the fuck? Are you kidding me? <laughs> hey, <laughs> monkey. Hey. Cut the shit. Knock it off. <laughs> bitch. I <ain't, laughs> bitch. I ain't here to deal with your monkey bullshit. <laughs> so, this lady's a badass. She's just here for her birds, okay? Leave her alone. But before I could even step away, I felt another slash on my other leg. And there was another monkey, and it was hissing at me. And I kind of looked around, and suddenly there were four or five monkeys. And they were surrounding me, and they were not happy. They're hissing. 
they're reaching forward with their long arms and fingers, and they've got these long nails on them. Some of them are trying to bite me. I'm starting to get scared. Rabies. Susan, you're starting to get scared? Rabies. Rabies, Susan. You're going to have to get a tetanus shot. Also, you've got like five little Slendermans all around <laughs> you, apparently, Christ. with their long in arms. In the daylight, I'm <laughs> assuming. This is what Slenderman looks like. extra terrifying. Right. At least these guys have faces. But I just like oh. the idea of the long arms and the long fingers with the long nails on them. It's just like, no. That is Why would you go near it? That reaches through floor blo- floorboards at you in a scary movie. Like, But she's just starting to get scared because she's Susan, the birder. <laughs> Who told him to knock it off? <laughs> Cut the shit. She's sick of this. So I can't run. Because I have on those flip-flops, if you recall. (laughs) She set off the flip-flops earlier in the story, which I'm very proud of. And I'm thinking, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? So I straighten myself up, put my arms way above my head, and just look at that leader monkey. And I just said in a dark, deep voice, you get away from me. (laughs) That's it. Also with her arms all the way up. Well, she's got to make herself look big. Yes, so she's getting as big as she can possibly get. She says, you get away from me, and then she lunges at the monkey. Because Susan doesn't give any fucks. Oh my god, Susan. (laughs) Jesus, Susan. And then I spun, and I did a Bruce Lee imitation, and kicked out, (laughs) and lunged at the next monkey, and said, knock it off! (laughs) Oh my god! Am I the only one who's also thinking that this is like some 67-year-old woman? Who just fucking... I'm picturing literal Jane Goodall, but like a birder instead. I'm I'm imagining like... Somebody else at that lodge Seeing just stepping this. out on a balcony oh to God. have like a cup of coffee in the morning and seeing this woman surrounded by monkeys with her arms in the air, screaming and lunging and kicking at them. Right. Um, does anybody else see this? Is this, 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 this the coffee? He's going to go back inside and say, honey, you have to see this. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, what? And it'll be over and she will never believe him. Yep. <laughs> Like, are you saying that a 65-year-old woman ninja'd her way out of a monkey attack? Dude, I'm serious. I saw it. <laughs> In flip-flops. In flip-flops. I'm serious. I think she was here for the birds. She had big old binoculars. What a nerd. <laughs> so she's Bruce Leeing. She's Bruce Leeing. And she did this three or four times where she's lunging at the monkeys. She's yelling at them. She's kicking at them. And then they stopped. And before you knew it, they were actually running away. Like, she freaked them out enough, showed them she was dominant and strong and scary enough, and they ran away. And I like this. So I'll tell you something. For the rest of my stay there, I saw no more monkey faces. Only monkey butts hightailing it away from me. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Word got out. (laughs) You don't mess with the crazy birder. Fucking Susan! (laughs) Susan, good job. What is up, my dude? A plus. A plus, Susan. Way to live. All right, so that was that was my third one. I don't I don't know if I can follow that, but I'm going to. Hey, man, I'm like I said, it was a goofy story. So if you've got like one that's more legit, that's probably better. It's definitely more <laughs> legit. Okay, <laughs> so this one is that one time that the University of Washington had to pay 17 students twenty five hundred dollars in two thousand eight because a study abroad program went really really wrong. Oh no. So, University of Washington sent some students off to Ghana, and they were basically left in Ghana to fend for themselves. Oh, my God. They had no access to the program director. 
they weren't really fed. Uh, one of the students said an average breakfast was a small, maybe 11-inch loaf of sugar bread split between 17 people and what? a small bit of peanut butter. What? Yeah. How did this happen? Ghana. I don't know. <laughs> but, like, where's the program director? Like, exactly. The like, they just kind of got dropped off in Ghana. And I'm like, all right, have fun. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Holy <laughs> shit. So eight of the students had to be evacuated uh, because they contracted diseases like malaria. Fabulous. And, uh, oh, my God. You know, the dengue fever. Oh, my God. Which, for anyone who doesn't know, because I had to Google it, mm-hmm. it is a... Painful and debilitating mosquito-borne disease, yep. and is bad. Actually, I I had a friend. I I'm not sure if it's dengue fever or dengue, but like I I, I don't know. I dengue. had a friend who had dengue fever. She traveled around South America, and she was like, "I'm not gonna die, but like I'm not doing good. <laughs> like it's not okay. Yeah, for sure." So eight people had to be evacuated. Mm-hmm. They then claimed that the program coordinators didn't actually like pay attention to their illnesses and just continued to serve them the same food they've been serving them. Mm-hmm. And one of the people, one of the evacuated students was like, I realized I needed to get out of there because I wasn't recovering from the sickness. Ugh. And it was primarily from the lack of food. Great. Yeah. Travel abroad in Ghana. And all I got for this trip was malaria. <laughs> Not even a fucking t-shirt. Not even a t-shirt. <laughs> so yeah. Um, oh my God. This one is kind of similar to yours. Mm-hmm. I've just a really quick one. Uh, Nadia Zaran was a senior at Trinity College in Connecticut and went to Lebanon for a summer language program and got caught in one of the most aggressive Israeli bombardments of the country since the 1982 <gasps> Lebanon war. Oh, my God. <laughs> she picked Lebanon because she believed it was the safest place in the Middle East. Um, Surprise. Yeah, it wasn't. Two of the bombs, uh, this is her quote, after she was airlifted and returned to America, she told reporters, two of the bombs that went off one night sounded like they were right outside my window. And then after two days of bombings, she was able to be evacuated along with other students by the U.S. Army on a Seahawk helicopter. Wow. They were then taken to Cyprus and then to Athens where they were able to get on a flight home. Oh, my gosh. She did not get in a tub and get on the Wi-Fi. <laughs> no. To talk to the embassy. <laughs> You know, that's funny because actually I know a girl who went to the same university as us. I grew up with her. We were both lived in Middleton. She's originally from Lebanon. When I don't remember which series of attacks it was like Hamas, I think. Yeah. But like Lebanon is typically one of the safer places. Yeah. However, she also had to leave Lebanon early because there were bombings. And she also has a story about two separate bombs seeming like they went off right fucking down the block from where their car was trying to evacuate. Jesus. Yeah. Anywho. Anywho's it's. All right. So So we'll just move on to our awesome uh, stories and tips. So, yeah. So some survival tips. When traveling abroad. Yes. And like personal experience as well. Yes. Yeah. Why don't you tell us that? Yeah. So I was on a choir tour in Ireland and we went out one night in Cork. (laughs) Cork. Cork. (laughs) I don't know. The the accents were really heavy. I can't actually say it how they said it. It was, oh man. Uh, But we went out. (laughs) Not like that. It's not like that. No. (laughs) We went out and... My wallet got stolen, but because I had, 
gotten traveler insurance and also my money was on a prepaid travel card mm-hmm. from my bank. So I wasn't just walking around with cash and like my debit card. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was literally on a travel card. So they were able to wire me the rest of the money. So good. From that card. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Did you lose everything else though? Like, do you have a license or like? Yeah, I mean, like, my driver's license was in the wallet and, like, mm-hmm. other shit. I had to get that when I returned to the States, but I didn't carry my passport with me, which is another tip. Please don't walk around with your passport on you yes. if you're in a foreign country. Absolutely. Because you you might be able to work something out with the embassy to get out, mm-hmm. but, like, it's just easier if you just don't lose it in the first place. Yeah, dude. Hotel safes. Right. Oh, my gosh. Well, honestly, like I looked up as we were sort of looking into tips, a lot of what you just said comes into play here, too. This is from um, it's from a blog called the RIA blog, R-I-A, the official blog of RIA money transfer. So I'm sure it's like a bank or some shit, but they do have some good uh, tips for you on how to yeah, how to keep yourself and your money safe when you're traveling abroad. Always let others know where you are, just like Ed did. Yep. Let, like, if something's going on or anytime you're traveling to a new city, let them know on that day that, like, oh, by the way, I'm, I'm going by train somewhere else. Just so you know, mm-hmm. I'm not where you think I am. I'm over here. Um, spread out your cash. Just like you wouldn't carry everything in your wallet so you don't lose everything if, if your wallet is stolen. You, gotta, you should put some in secret pockets, coat pockets, some in your wallet, some in your shoes. They're <laughs> saying also on this one, because I have another list of survival things yeah. for travel, is... Also, take out credit cards if you have multiple credit cards mm. and put it with cash in other safe places yeah. around. Yeah. Keep some in your room and then keep some on different parts of your person. So if somebody pickpockets yep. you, they don't get everything you have. Yep. Awesome. Also, investing in traveler's checks. Yep. They can they can still get stolen, but you're only losing like the um, the amount of money you've set aside as opposed to like if you lose literally everything. Yeah. Your actual credit card, debit card. And regular I think card. with like... Traveler's checks now, everything is digitalized because, like, way back in the day, we used traveler's checks. Yeah. All the time. Sure. But now it's maybe more that traveler's but now it's card like, yeah. like you had. Sure. That's legit. Um, this one's that, like, if you're robbed abroad, like you said, with, like, having working with the embassy on a lot of stuff, one of the things you can do if you get robbed is to visit the embassy um, and they can sort of help you out. They can. They help should you be able re- to get you back into the country. Yes. Like, they can... Report lost identification, help you with replacing your passport, help you get out of the country. Yeah. You're not totally screwed. Right. Your embassy is here to help you. Also, figure out how to call 911 in the country that you're in. Yeah. So many times you see these horror stories and they're like, I didn't know how to call 911. Learn how to call 911 in whatever country you are in. Don't use shortcuts. Don't walk down dark alleys by Mm -hmm. yourself. Like, stay on the beaten path. It's beaten for a reason. Yes. That auto dial thing we talked about last yeah. time, get that and make sure it can also dial yeah. the 911 of that country. Yeah. If you've got an international cell phone, do Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely do it. Also, uh, this is an interesting one. Avoid cultural faux pas. So be respectful mm. of their customs and traditions because if you do something, you can possibly make yourself a target by being boisterous or disrespectful. You just put a big old target on your head. Yeah. Oh my gosh, absolutely. You're that idiot American. Yeah, who's going to be an easy target for somebody later. Exactly. It's like you might as well walk around in a... Um. Yeah, I mean, most of my stuff is like pretty much things we've already touched on. Just about being careful, letting people know where you are, 
how to replace your documents, not keeping everything in one place, and using your fucking embassy. Yeah. The embassy is your friend. Yes. All right. So also, that's, yeah. On a, like, happier note, there's a dog that steals money from people to pay for dog treats. <laughs> Just thought you should know. Oh, yeah. That's, uh... So, yeah, that's our that's our sort of a broad episode. We obviously realize that there's a lot of very specific types of stories we could go into. We want to do an episode on surviving human trafficking. Um, being lost at sea. Yes. Or being, like, lost in the jungle. Yeah. Or, you know, surviving serial killers or murderers again. Yeah, we are gonna We're going to keep going back that. to that. Don't right. worry. Don't worry. It's coming back. Yeah, we love that shit. <laughs> so don't worry about that. We'll probably hit you back up with uh, some good true crime serial killer stuff next time, actually. Yeah, we're going to kind of do it like an every other kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and as always, if you have any suggestions or if you have any personal stories of survival that you want to share with us, um, please um, talk to us on uh-oh.dailygravy at gmail.com. Also, don't take this as a reason not to travel. Yeah. I've, I've been to Canada, Mexico, Ireland, England, France, and Australia. And they were wonderful. And they only ever had the one episode in Ireland, mm-hmm. which was yeah. a night out at a live band. Like, just... Everything else is groovy. Right. Don't be afraid. Just keep your wits about you. Just be be smart smart about it. Fight off those monkeys with your awesome kicks. (laughs) Or not. (laughs) Or not, I guess. I don't know. Emily doesn't want you to survive a monkey attack is all I'm saying. Wow. Wow. Podcast over. Emily doesn't want you to survive a monkey attack. That's the end of the podcast. (laughs) I feel so personally attacked right now. (laughs) Well, you want our listeners to be personally attacked by monkeys. I don't, though. Thanks, everyone. Jeez. Goodbye, Emily. Wow. (laughs) This has been a Daily Gravy production. Thank you for listening. Wherever you find our podcasts, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to help us grow. Thanks.